Hey everybody, this is JC Hurtado Prater, and I want to thank you for joining me. This is a this is something new that we're going to do. Uh, uh, typically, our podcast is called JC Talks, a leadership podcast, and I'm thinking about calling this JC Thoughts. And these are just going to be short, uh, short thoughts where something random comes up in my head, and I just want to share it with you. And I don't have to do a whole podcast. I'm not going to put this on YouTube or you know make it a big thing, but. Today, I, I thought I would share um, that I am reading a book. It's an incredible book um, called The Right of a Lifetime by Bob Iger. It's his new book. And I think on Amazon, there are like 8,000 different reviews for it. So obviously, I'm not the only you know, person reading this and the only person who likes it. And, and they're generally favorable re uh, reviews. This is not a, uh, I mean, it's not a book that's going to blow your mind or anything. It's not a groundbreaking book, but it's a great book. And one of the things that I appreciate about Bob Iger is I, I do, I've never met the man. I've never talked to him. I'd love to have him on this podcast one day, but I, from what I understand, he was a great leader and this is, this is how he reached the level that he reached. And so I, I've, I've been looking at a few different things in, in recent, um, recent days, just looking at kind of how our world is, our, our, our world has been changing for about the last 20 years and it looks like it's still going in this direction and it's not going to change anytime soon. And here's what I mean by this. I grew up in the eighties and nineties. I was younger then. I was, you know, those were kind of my for uh, my, my formative years. And in the eighties and nineties, it was all about top down leadership, right? So you work for a boss and they didn't give a crap what you thought you come in, you do your job and you do it well, and you get promoted. And that's how it works. Your opinion doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. Your feelings definitely don't matter, right? Uh, I know the military, I did four years in, in, in the US Army, in the infantry, and I know that that was a big deal. Nowadays, and, and this shocks me a little bit, to be honest with you, back when I was in the military, uh, in basic training, they just chewed you up and spit you out. But I was on the very end of that. And it was maybe two or three cycles later, I started hearing about uh, these things called stress cards, where um, a private in the military in basic training, if, and again, I don't know the full story about all this. I don't know if they're still doing it, but at the time they could hold, they, they could hold up a stress card in the middle of training. If you're screaming at them or they're getting screamed at by their drill sergeant, they could hold up a stress card. And if you held that up, it was like saying uncle saying, I need to tap out for a little bit. And they could go sit down for a few minutes, whatever, until they were ready to get back in the game. And then, I don't know, get yelled at again or whatever it was. This to me and to all my buddies that, you know, who were in the basic training with me, we just thought, what the hell is this? <laughs> I don't understand a stress card. I never had a stress card, that's for sure. I remember on the day that we were supposed to take pictures, uh, our picture day. I remember we all thought we're, we're going to get off Scott easy, all the rest of the platoons in our, our battalion. So in basic training in, in Fort, uh, Fort Benny's where I did it, you've got these battalions that are this entire building and they're filled with companies, every other company it's picture day. Uh, they knew it, or at least the other, at least the other platoons in my company, they, they put on their, you know, their nice, uh, BDU, uh, you know, battle dress uniforms and they look nice. Their shoes were all shined up and they just look good. And they got to walk around all day. Not our drill sergeants, not drill sergeant Mercado, drill sergeant Stebian and drill sergeant. Ah, oh, I forget his last name. He was the worst. 
but great leaders. Uh, Akona? No, no, no. That was my friend Akona. I'll figure out his name soon. They made us go out and roll around in the dirt. All It was especially Drill Sergeant Mercado. Like, he went around, and we were all like, Drill Sergeant, you you know, we're thinking this. We obviously didn't say this, but you can't do this to us. It's picture day. We got to look nice for picture day. And he's and he's got us out there rolling around in the dirt. And then when picture time came, <laughs> We were the most miserable SOBs you could imagine. We looked pissed. And you know what? That's what he wanted. That's exactly what he wanted. Way off base there. The point I'm trying to make is that power is now returned to the people. That's the key. That's what I'm trying to say here. The power is in the hands of the people. And this really started, I think it started back with Apple. Back in the day, if you remember Sam Goody, and there are other stores like that, but I, that's, that's the one thing that I can remember. Sam Goody, if you wanted a new CD or single, you'd have to drive yourself all the way down to the mall. And Sam Goody was the place that they have those uh, aisles and aisles and aisles. I don't know if you remember those aisles of CDs. And you'd go through and flip through the CDs and you'd check them out. And they'd have a little place over in the corner you could put these headphones on. I mean, imagine the germs on that thing. People listen to those headphones all day long, but you could get on those headphones and you could look up and you could, um, you know, you could find the new song. They sold singles, like actually in a single, uh, a single cassette. This is back in the days when they had CDs and cassettes. And it was always a fun day for me. I'd save up my allowance. We'd go to Sam Goody and I could afford to buy one or two CDs. And I would spend hours upon hours in the mall in Sam Goody. And and that's the only way you got your music, right? You had to go purchase it at the store and you could put it in your CD player. And I remember way back in the 80s, if you had a tape player and that tape didn't work, you know, like it'd get messed up, you'd have to save up money and go get you a whole new tape. Anyway, the power has returned to the people. Apple helped it. And even before that, there was Napster and some other, you know, I think it was done illegally. People were downloading music. That was a big deal. And I remember, I, I think some people went to jail for that way back when it first started, but that was a big deal. You were pirating music and uh, there was a big uproar. Well, what's going to happen to all the artists? What's going to happen to their paychecks? What, what's going to happen? And nowadays it's just, it's secondhand. I've got my iPhone next to me anytime I want a song, you know, and now it's to the point where I will be watching a show. I'll hear something. They've got these apps called Shazam and stuff like that. And you can get on and find out the song. It'll take you straight to the website. And I just get to download it straight to my phone. And within seconds, I'm listening to the song. The power has returned to the people. What does this have to do with leadership? Back to this book by Bob Iger. I'm reading this book and he talks about uh, when he took over CEO, there was a, a uh, when Michael Eisner was CEO of Disney, it was very much a top down uh, kind of an organization. And Michael Eisner, as you know, was an absolute genius, absolute genius. So I'm not saying that what he did uh, didn't work. It just, it worked for, for the time. And Michael Eisner had this group at the top. They were called a, like a strategy planning uh, uh, committee or something. Brilliant team of people. And any, any new idea had to be run through this group. Any new idea had to be run through them. They made the final decision on that. Um, Bob Iger comes in and says, no, we're not doing this anymore. And he actually gets rid of it. And that spoke to me. And several times he would talk about this because, you know, so Bob Iger was running another company um, that was, I believe, Cap Cities ABC that was purchased by a, I'm, I'm getting lost in the weeds here. He was running another company. Uh, that, that company got purchased by 
by Disney, a- ABC Cap Cities, and he was kind of on his path to become, you know, C- CEO. A very hard path, actually. That's why I recommend that you get this book and read it. Um, but here's the deal. Bob Iger understood the way the world was going, and, and, and he said, we're going to return the power of decision-making back to the individual leaders. Here's the point I'm trying to make to you today. If you are a leader and you think that holding all the power in your hands is the way to be a leader, you are dead wrong. And you are not only are you wrong, but you are so behind the times. You're so behind the time. I still see organizations trying to do this. And they typically tend to be small organizations. They're small minded, they're small thinking, and they're small. They're, they're just small. And all the power rests at the top. You can't do anything. I've, I've worked for people like this. You can't do anything unless you get it approved. Everything needs to be approved first. You know, um, you know, companies like that will say things like, you know, we don't do things like, or, or this is how we do things around here. This is how we've done things for years around here, right? Just a small note to you as a leader. The power all over the world has returned to the people. Look, that's the power of Facebook. It's the power of Instagram. It's the power of TikTok right? No longer do we have to go to the video store and purchase a video and watch our movie stars or turn on MTV, right? That was a big deal back when I was a kid or VH1, right? And you would turn these on and you would watch your stars all day. And you had really no chance. I mean, you could get a little Polaroid camera and you could be your own little star and your little, you know, Polaroid camera. Today, you get to film yourself. People, it's called crowdsourcing. It's what's new. It's what every single major tech company today, this is how they've, they've reached their level of success. They crowdsource. They put the power back with the people. Look, let me give you a small example of how this works. Just yesterday, uh, I'm ordering, because I don't feel like going to Walmart. I do most of my shopping at Walmart, and I just I was like, I don't want to go. I, I don't like going to Walmart. I don't think anybody likes going. It's like going to the doctor's office. Nobody wants to go. And so I said, I want to do it. So I get on Amazon. And I'm looking for all the things I need, but I thought, you know what? Let me give Walmart a shot and, and let me see what they can do. Well, I get on, on Walmart to try to order the same thing. Now it's a little cheaper at walmart.com, but it, it was not available for delivery. The thing I want was not available for delivery. And so I went straight back over to Amazon. I said, I'll pay two bucks more and I can get this you know, delivered straight to my house. And it's all going to be here sometime today. I just thought I did all this yesterday. Don't have to set foot into Walmart at all. This is what I'm talking about. The power is returned to the people. If you're an organization or a leader who still think the power rests in you, you are out of date. And you're going to be out of effectiveness, out of impact, out of business one day. Just a thought for you today. The power rests with the people. If you're a leader, empower your people. Give the power to them. Look, man or woman, follow where the, uh, follow where the trends are leading. Give the power to the people. Empower your people. Trust your people. Uh, Give them a place to shine. I'll see you next time for JC Thoughts. Take care.